Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the show, HopeNet Radio. So glad you joined us here on the show where conversations save lives. Jeff, DW, your host on the show tonight. So good that you have connected with us. You can be a part of the conversation tonight anytime. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on the tweet back. Right now we're on Twitter and you can use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back. We'd love for you guys to be a part of it every single week. Joining us in studio, I'm excited. We have an all-star lineup tonight. Whoa, I can't wait to meet him. Tara Kay is Hi. back in studio. Hey, so. everybody. Hi, Tara. It's a half and half today. Half. It's two guys, two girls today. It Woo-hoo. is. It is. <laughs> and also, I'm I'm so excited. Kristen Jane Anderson is back with us. Welcome back. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Yeah. And uh, so make sure to go check her website, reachingyou.org, Reaching You Ministries. Uh, she has an incredible story. If you have not heard some of her original podcasts here on HopeNet Radio, go back and listen. You've been so much fun to have on the show, speaking to young women. I know you've been doing a lot of stuff recently. So what is new? What's happening with you, Kristen? I've been speaking locally a lot around Wisconsin and around Illinois, and I have got a couple different things coming up. Like, I'm going to Arizona to speak at a women's Bible study that airs, like, on direct TV and all sorts of cable stations, so that's going to be really interesting. Cool. And I'm going to Texas to speak at a big youth event, and then I'm speaking in Illinois at my old pastor's church, and so I'm really excited about that because he was... Um, really influential in my relationship with the Lord and just a lot of my early growth um, as a Christian. So I'm really getting used to figuring out where God wants me to be right now, like as a wife and a mom and in ministry. Yeah. Um, Because that was pretty complicated for me for a long time, but it seems a lot more clear now. So Yeah, it is. That is a challenge, especially with where your story is and and all that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this on the show because I think it's, it's so important as, you know, young people listen to the show and Parents and teens are all kind of wondering, you know, really, what's the point of this life in so many different ways? You know, we have so many, some of us have complicated lives. Some of our lives aren't very glamorous, you know, really, when you think about life and and the point of it. Tonight, we're going to talk about Ecclesiastes. We kind of chatted a little bit about that last episode. And so we're just going to kind of continue that conversation. Um, The interesting thing about Ecclesiastes and, and the bigger picture here is that we're kind of getting to the point, April, this is kind of that time when we all want to just kind of give up. Where, like, if you're in college, it's like you go through spring break, and now you're just kind of like, oh, the just the thought of doing homework and exams and papers, final projects, like, that can be one of those, like, I just, I'm so demotivated right now. Have you guys ever felt that way this time of year? Yeah. I'm not even in school right now, and I felt that way last night. I had this dream that I was back in school, and I had to take this time test, and I was panicking because everybody else was done, and I wasn't. And I haven't (laughs) been in school for years, so, I mean, I'm feeling it, too. (laughs) Well, you used to have to work in school? Yeah. Cool. I I just feel like I'm twiddling my <laughs> thumbs, like I'm holding my breath, I'm waiting for summer. I'm just like, come on, yeah. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know what? It, it, there's a time where things come. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but it might be an old commercial on television, but there used to be the Dunkin' Donut Man. 
And they had this commercial where this guy would get up and he'd go, got to make the donuts. And he'd go make these donuts. <laughs> and then he, at the end of it, he'd go, he'd walk home like a zombie. And then he'd get up and they'd show him again, got to make the donuts. And then at the end, he'd go, made the donuts. And then he'd go, got to make the donuts. And that was the whole commercial. You know, I got to make the donuts, made the donuts. And after I saw that commercial, I thought, you know what? That's how life is sometimes to, to people. It's like, I got to get up today, go to work. Uh, and then when they're done with their, I did work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, now I go home. What, to do what? Get up tomorrow and yeah. do work. And for what reason? To do work. And then they, and so I, I have this, this little saying that I'm the only one that gets it half the time, but I say, man, that's like the Dunkin' Donut, man. You know, I mean, it, there's no meaning to it. I, I guess you get donuts out of it, and I used to like donuts, so that might be good. Yeah. But other than that, boy, I tell you, it, it's that time of year where people are starting to do that. They're, they're done with uh, the winter. They're thinking about what's going to come up. Students are thinking about even next fall. And, boy, they're right now they're getting up this morning going, got to make the donuts, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so, that's so true. I encourage you to listen to the program today because we're going to deal with got to make the donut syndrome <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Just the whole going through the motions part of it, that's a challenge yeah. for so many of us, especially when we're discontent and we're at a point in our life where – our reality is one where we know we have to be committed to it, but in our heart, you know, in our head, we're somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're on a beach somewhere, you know, we're, we're in summertime. We're not in the springtime, whatever it is. It's, you know, we're looking forward to that next stage. And sometimes that can be a, a hurdle for us to get yeah. over, um, to not be, to be discontent about the season we're in in life. And so if you ever felt that way, I just want to encourage you. We have live coaches available right now at HopeNet360.com. We're also going to chat more about this tonight on the show. So stick around for uh, the remainder of the episode. I hope you'll, you'll join us for that. So Ecclesiastes is a very interesting book. Those who are listening, I don't know if you've read the entire book. Dave, I'm assuming you've probably read it like five times. I've read it a few times myself. But this is one of those books that can be sometimes depressing because here's a guy who basically writes a letter and says, look, I have been known to be wise. I've been known to be wealthy and I've experienced a lot of things in my life. It opens up basically with this thought that meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless or vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Like it's not worth anything to chase after some of these things. And, and just the, the stuff that Solomon writes in here is it's interesting because you think a guy who's so rich, who's so wealthy, um, who can basically come and go as he pleases. He was a king. Uh, he had anything he wanted to, even wisdom. I mean, just not only to have the, the resources and the financial part of things, but to also be wise and to know you know, what things would lead the wrong way, business-wise, family-wise, I mean, in life. Yeah. I mean, this guy was successful. And he found out he found a place where he was in, he was just kind of miserable, where he was doing so many things and realizing it just wasn't worth the chase. It wasn't worth it in the long run. Here's what you have to understand. I mean, this guy was one who everybody would want to be. And yet he didn't find what everybody would want to find. And so we need to look and see what what he understood because the whole book of Ecclesiastes is about that. Here's what I learned. I mean, here's what I learned being the guy who had it all. Not only that, you know what's amazing to me? Here's a guy that had wisdom and he had knowledge. I mean, he he had everything, but he actually went against what he knew. And I thought, well, that's weird. And then I thought, no, I do that. I mean, how many times do you do something you shouldn't do? Like, um, uh, I used Dunkin' Donuts earlier. You know, how many times did I grab not one donut, but five and eat them? And I'm going, I shouldn't be doing this while I'm shoving them down my throat. You know, it's like, wait a minute. I, I'm saying I shouldn't do this, but I'm doing it anyway. That's kind of weird, you know, but, but that's what happens to all of us in life. So here we got a guy that had it all. And I think there were many times where even though he knew better, he did it wrong anyway. 
Because he thought, well, let's test it out and see, and we're going to see what he says throughout the book about that. Paul often said that. He said that, too. He said, I do the things I don't want to do, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, Romans mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't do the things that I should do. And you know, that's a very honest approach to what we do in life. We, we need to see that we're human and we're sinful, and we actually are vulnerable to doing things we shouldn't do. And a lot of times, even though we know better, we still want to do what's wrong. The bottom line really is when you do what's wrong, it's going to cost you. That's really what's going to happen. And yet we want to pretend that doesn't happen. On the program before, I used to talk about the Pinocchio principle, and I still talk about it a lot. I really wish that whenever I lied, my nose grew. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I wish yeah. it did that. Because yeah. then you, you wouldn't lie very much. Or you'd be you know, hitting your nose on everything as you go around the world. I wish, too, when I ate a donut, that right away I'd have this lump in my belly. You know, like one pound more or whatever. But that's not what happens. You actually think you're getting away with something, which is really weird because do we want to just get away with stuff or do we want to live life? And this book, this conversation today, I I encourage people, sit down, be a part of it, and then then download it later and re-listen to it and and join us in this journey. Yeah, I think as we're young, young people, sometimes we get caught in this thinking that I'm invincible. I can do what I want. I can come and go. I mean, I, I look out in, in society today. I see people like Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and, and all these different YouTube celebrities and the things they're doing. And I think, man, that looks like fun. I want to do that stuff. And that looks like that's the life, you know, and we get so caught up in what could be and, and what we see people doing in our culture that we think, well, that's, that's success. That's what life is all about. And this book, it's going to, it's going to kind of open your eyes tonight. I hope it encourages you tonight that, Life is meant to be lived in not just one way, but in a distinct way that there is a reason for life. It's not all meaningless, like Solomon says, but sometimes it takes someone who's older than you, wiser than you, smarter than you, that understands the big picture to show you exactly what it takes to have a life that has meaning, that has purpose, that has significance. So that's the goal of our show tonight. Join us on the Tweetback right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB, and we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. This week, we remember Jim, better known as Kid Raider. For over 20 years, Kid invested everything into building Q90FM and inspiring many young adults like myself through radio. He co-hosted Q90FM's morning show, The Q Breakfast Club, longer than many other morning shows out there. Kid went to be with the Lord on April 8, 2015. While he had a hand in starting many shows like HopeNet Radio behind the scenes, he is truly one of a kind and a pioneer in Christian radio. I miss him. As a man of God, a friend co-worker, and all-around funny guy. Through all the tears and grief, God is in control and his legacy lives on. Amy and John, I love you guys. Every one of us has you in our thoughts and prayers, and we look forward to the day when we can see him face-to-face again. We'll be right back. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Go and download every single episode of HopeNet Radio now on the podcast. Go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can download it on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and the Stitcher Radio app, or any other listening app that you use on your smartphone or your tablet or your computer. Whatever you want to do, you can download episodes and share them with your friends. We hope that you guys do that uh, and just hear so many tremendous different stories of people who have listened to an episode, downloaded it, 
have just been listening and, and have been encouraged by some of the things we talk about. And tonight we, we're talking about some somewhat of a depressing book. Not that the Bible is depressing, but Ecclesiastes, you can kind of look at it, and we're laughing here in the break because there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, there is nothing new under the sun. And uh, my understanding is now when I'm seeing commercials for some of these fashion companies that they have like these mom jeans and they're like flare legged. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with us? Like there is, yeah, there's literally nothing. Well, they call it high rise flare, flare, but yeah, it's, that's what it is, but it's just a a trendy way of saying the seventies are back. Plumbers ought to get into that. (laughs) Well, I think what's interesting about thinking about like just kind of being reminiscent, like in this book, Solomon's being kind of reminiscent going over his life and, People, I was talking with somebody the other day about music and what will, like, the 90s, the 2000s, what will our music, what will that be called oldies someday? Or yep. what defines an yep. oldie? Because yep. you yep. usually yep. only hear an oldie as, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then they kind of group the 80s and 90s together. But I think, you know, people always, I know my parents are kind of like this too, or when they hear certain music, like, that's the only music that they like. And why is it? And I've kind of found myself doing that, too. Like, I kind of listen to the early 2000s on my Pandora, and I really like that music. I'm like, why is that? And I think it's because we associate it with a time now that we look back and go, oh, well, that was a time when I was growing up, and it's nostalgic. And it's interesting because when I was that age and in that era, I was always looking forward to, well, it's going to be summer, and then it's going to be college. And then I was always looking next, next, next. And now I'm like, oh, I miss that music of the 2000s and why because it's not so much the music but it's kind of the events around your life that you remember when you were listening i can remember when i hear certain songs i remember oh yeah i remember we were on the way to this event and we heard this song and it's so, nostalgic so what's your 90s jam if you're going to go back and listen to the oh, nostalgic years <laughs> oh goodness 90s jam oh i can't even i couldn't even pick there's so many I don't know that I, I just like it when I put on like Pandora or something because then random songs come up that I didn't even remember. And then it kind of brings you back like, oh, yeah, I remember this song or this was like um, Lone Star was our prom song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't was the, was that the title of the song Lone Star or is that the band? <laughs> it's the name of the band. Yeah. OK. Oh, <laughs> come on. The Tara. one song in the 2000 in, in, in the 2000s that was um, sounds like it's extremely meaningful. <laughs> I know, but that was. But everybody just knew it as Lone Star because that was like their one hit wonder. So that was right. like our prom song. Right. But so we were asking Dave about, you know, we were kind of reminiscing when when <laughs> we brought up the idea of mom jeans with flared legs, and uh, we were asking Dave if he'd ever wore bell bottoms. And I think that you our bet. listeners would like to know that he did. <laughs> Paisley, Paisley <laughs> blue with blue and a blue shirt, and I looked like. A guy wearing bell bottoms with a blue shirt. That's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in, man. I'm telling you, that was the coolest thing in the world. And you got to be yeah. able to be cool. You know, I mean, fur coats were in and and uh, big mustaches were in and that kind of stuff. And, and big glasses, yeah. which are in again. So what goes around comes around. You guys get yeah. ready for the future because the past is going to be the future. And, <laughs> and when you're in the future, you're going to wish for the past again. Does that make sense? Yeah, in right. retail, like in fashion now, like the '90s are coming back. The denim overalls were big this last denim year. Denim overalls never went out. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> maybe in northern Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Here. You guys don't know fashion. <laughs> fashion tips, my Dave. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you want fashion tips, go ahead and uh, email the program, and I'll be glad to give them to you. 
And, and last week we talked about making a sketch, like somebody could make a sketch about what we looked like on the show. Yep. So if if somebody is an artist, they could make a sketch of Dave wearing his paisley bell bottoms. I think that would be awesome. Oh, heavy duty. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but remember, I was younger then. That would have been like sixth grade. So make sure I'm younger. Wow, you got into fashion pretty young because I didn't really care about it until after like seventh grade, eighth grade. It, believe it or not, it was hand-me-downs. Yeah, my brother's in eighth grade and he had to be cool in eighth grade. So yeah, yeah, got, and I was a bigger, bigger boy. I wore shirts that were three sizes too big for me and and windbreaker pants. Oh, so yeah. we're not gonna do any throwbacks on that. But that's just no, we're uh, not. That's, <laughs> the I don't even want to think it. about it. No, I don't either. I, I've yeah. I've cast those images in those pictures. Out of my life. Yeah. Well, you know what's ever. funny? I, have a, I, I took care of the horses here at Silver Birch Ranch for many years, and I had an old um, jean jacket. I mean, I really bought a jean jacket back then because it was practical. Um, always working with uh, you know barbed wire and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I have this old jean jacket. So one day for a, um, a dress-up thing, I found that old jacket, and I just put it on. And you would not believe the compliments I got for that thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm wearing this old torn-up jean jacket, and the kids are going, Where'd you get that, man? You know, it's like, get out of here. They loved it. And I'm thinking, this was bought in 1974. Yeah. And it's it's used to death. Don't get me on the jeans thing, because I go to jeans and I think, why would I wear these? They're worn out already. I want jeans. Yeah, there's so many things oh, from anyway. our childhood. I remember going through, my, my dad kept some of his old clothes from like the 70s. And I remember going through some of those and, and thinking, man, these are... These are kind of. Did he have a leisure suit? Uh, I don't remember, but I do remember there was like some thin, uh, thin cords that were like flare legged, yeah. and I was like, "These are so yeah. cool! Like, I would be so cool yeah. if I could wear these." And they <laughs> were probably a couple sizes too big on me, but I still wore them with a belt that was like all the way in the last notch. Way to I go, crunchy waist, nice. In I the nineties, I wore my dad's flannel shirts. I went through my dad's closet and wore his oversized flannel shirts. I did wear one of his flannel shirts. Because I thought it was cool, like it was, and now it's like, well, yeah, it was cool. I was ahead of my time. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's interesting. We get so caught up looking back on the good old days, quote unquote. Solomon even writes in Ecclesiastes that we can't. It, it's actually foolish to do that. Like to actually look at our life and think, man, those were the good old days. You know, in in life and in our culture. I think of today when I look out in the world, like, what? When did this world get so evil? When did this world get so? Uh, messy and really just God-hating, right? I mean, yeah. you can look in, in news headlines and, and get this impression that the world is evil and it's going to hell and it's just, it's terrible. And yeah. and sometimes we get caught looking back and saying, wow, I was living in the good old days. You know, I wonder if the generations before us thought of that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. There, there never has been as far as important stuff. We can still be very self-centered, very focused on now, very focused on on our own pleasures. We can still use people and hurt people. We can still, I mean, read Romans 7 where, where the Apostle Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't want to do, and I want to do what I don't want to do, but I don't want to do what I want to do. I mean, it, try and make sense out of that. He, he basically is saying, you know, the, the problem in life is sin. It's my heart. It's my sinful condition. That's the problem. And it just shows itself differently in different generations in different ways. But, but the problem is always the same. Uh, when I have a problem in my marriage, for example, things aren't as smooth as it should be, I start with saying, I am a sinful person, and this is probably my problem. And you know what? 100% of the time, I get this thing solved. It, it's very interesting that the problem throughout all of time hasn't changed, just the avenue that it's on. Yeah, And that's so true. I mean, Kristen, you have an incredible story. 
And maybe you can share a little bit with that with us about how, you know, even looking back in your own life, man, those were the good old days. Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Well, I, especially when I was in high school, I remember looking back to my childhood thinking like, wow, it was so easy. It was so fun. It was so much better then than it is now. Like life is so much harder. It's so much uglier. It's just, you know, it, I, I remember looking back and just really wishing I could go back, really wishing my days now felt like they did then. And, and that was a hard, really hard place to be in. I just didn't, you know, I couldn't go back. I, you know, needed to go forward, but I really felt like I was going in circles. You should have got yourself a pair of Paisley bell bottoms. There you go. (laughs) I think one of my friends posted the other day on Facebook. It kind of reminded me of what we're thinking about today. She, she said every morning I wake up and go, Oh man, I got to wake up again. Like it reminded me of the donut guy and how, (laughs) you know, in school every day I'd wake up like, Oh, I got to wake up. When will this be over? We just can't wait. So we're finally out of school and in the real world. And then the real world hits. And then you're like, it, it doesn't change. You got to get up and go to work. And maybe you're working a job that you don't really like. You know, it doesn't just suddenly magically become wonderful once you graduate high school. And then you spend all that time looking back going, oh, I had it so easy in school. I kind of wish I'd be back in school right now, not having to get up and go to work every day. It's so true, especially like people that just graduate high school. And now they have to make, you know, adult decisions and, and all that. It's, it's easy to. Egypt was a great place. Too bad you had to leave it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's too bad I had to get old and turn 30. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Have a peep. It'll make you feel better. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So join the tweet back right now with us. Connect with us. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. There's also live coaches that are willing to chat with you. If you're going through something in life, there's no topic that's off limits to these coaches. So go and chat right now at HopeNet360.com, and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Tara Kay, and Kristen Jane Anderson back on the show with us tonight. It's so good to have you guys all back in Terrake, this is the first time Terrake and Kristen have been together, our two lovely ladies uh, on our Hope panel here. So it's it's so good to have you guys back. Yeah, it's yes. awesome. And we're both wearing navy stripes. We didn't even <laughs> plan it. And it, it's kind of like opposite, but cool. Yeah, it's navy stripe day. I'm telling you, these girls, man, you guys are on different wavelengths than us guys. It's crazy. <laughs> I, all, I also have navy stripes on. <gasps> what? Oh, I have a solid charcoal shirt. He's so. a hipster today. <laughs> Yeah, you obviously you didn't get the memo, Jeff. (laughs) Well, you know, it'll come back around eventually, Dave. So it'll go out of style (laughs) probably next week, and then in like five weeks, it'll be back in style. Yeah, yeah, blue and white stripes. That's when I buy all my clothes, though, when they were already yesterday's styles, because that's when they're cheap. Well, that's why thrift shops are so successful. That's right. Some people just have a hard time letting go of that that trend, and that's right. You get them really cheap. Jeans have not gone out of style. I'm set. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Wrangler jeans. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> jean jeans. You know, as long as they look like jeans, they're all are right. Are you Wrangler or are you Levi Strauss? Because there's a total hey, 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 you're in Fleet Farm country, pal. That's what I was going to say. They, yeah, they it, only they sell be, Wrangler, don't it, they? They, 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 they do, but know. they got their own brand, and that's what you should be wearing. Um, there you go. <laughs> well, so this week we were talking about Ecclesiastes. If you guys haven't tuned in to the first part of the show or you're just tuning in now, we're talking about the book of Ecclesiastes. And I was just thinking maybe um, – 
I don't know if everybody has a background on Ecclesiastes. I remember learning a little bit about Solomon when I was growing up in Sunday school. And Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and he was David's son. And um, David wanted to build the temple, but God said, no, your son is going to build it. And Solomon is his son. And he asked God, God said, you can ask me for anything. And Solomon asked God for wisdom. So I always thought, well, Solomon's this really well-known character. He's a good guy. He was really, really wise. But then when I started learning about Ecclesiastes, I realized, but then later on in his life, he did all of the wrong things. He had a bunch of wives. He had all this money, but he didn't do the right things with it. And so it was kind of depressing, in a sense, to read this book going, you think, oh, here's a great guy. This guy's a great guy in the Bible. And then you find out later on in life, um, he writes this book about how his life was meaningless, even though he had all this stuff. So it seems kind of depressing. But I think we wanted to talk a little bit more about that because it may seem okay. depressing, but it has meaning. All right. I, I, it's meaningless. I've heard that depressing word five times. I've marked it down. <laughs> So, yeah. so the book of Ecclesiastes, which we'd like all of our listeners to read, is depressing. And we want them to go read it. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about why we're using the word depressing. I mean, why would you call this book depressing? Well, it, it, it seems pessimistic. I mean, when it starts out saying meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Yeah. You know, in our life, we're trying to find purpose and significance and we get frustrated when our expectations don't line up with reality. And I think that's the one thing that Solomon found was his expectations. Okay, but that might be depressing for him. But as you read the book, I mean, it's like this. Let's say I wrote a book and I said, you know, I'm the Dunkin' Donut man. And every day I got up and, you know, I made the donuts and then I always thought made the donuts. You know, I, yeah. and so you go, well, that's depressing. Yeah, because I was trying to find significance in the donuts. But it's not depressing that I told you that you're not going to find significance in the donuts mm-hmm. because you're not. Or, or if, I, if I was a guy who had the habit of beating my head on a rock. So you, so you come to me, and I'm, I'm beating my head on a rock, and, and I go, and I write a book, and I say, one thing, man, when you beat your head on a rock, you get a headache, and you ruin your modeling <laughs> career, you know? And, and, and you go, oh, that's depressing. No, you know, that's what happens when you beat yes. your head on a rock. Yes. So I guess I'm just getting excited about the idea. I'm, I'm not sure the book is depressing. In one way, it is, because we're talking about a man that should have known better and that kind of thing. So, so in that way, I would agree. In another way... It's where we can actually have a window into somebody who made mistakes, who basically had great wisdom and great wealth and great power, and he used it. And how many listeners of our HopeNet family are, are thinking, what I would like to do in life is have great power and great wealth and great wisdom. I would love to have all those things. I would love to be somebody who's an elite person in those areas. And they chase that all their life. And Solomon's saying, that's fine. The problem is it doesn't deliver. You know, that alone doesn't deliver. Now, that does not mean that we don't become the, the smartest people we can or whatever else. You've got to read everything in context, including the book of Ecclesiastes and the rest of the Bible. Because the book of Ecclesiastes is contrasting some of the other things from people who actually listen to God. If I were to use the word depressing, one of the most depressing things or sad things about the book is the fact that Ecclesiastes or Solomon reminds me too much of me. You know, I mean, how many, how many times in my life, and that's why I might call it depressing, because I'm thinking, I have tried so many things. My dear wife is so patient because I've got an idea a minute, and, and I'm out there thinking, <laughs> I am going to do this. You know, my, my latest thing is I'm tapping, like you would tap maple trees for syrup, I'm tapping birch trees, and I'm getting birch uh, uh, sap. sap and using it to make tea out of. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I hope I don't get sick. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, 
I've researched it. I think it'll work well. It's got a lot of health benefits, I see. And, and you can actually make syrup out of it, but you wouldn't use it for syrup. You'd use it for more like molasses or something. However, I'm the kind of guy that'll go out there and drill those holes and say, man, I have found it. I, and then when I get it all done, I'm going, yeah, that was okay. It wasn't something that I, I could look back on and go, yeah, I finally found the meaning in all of life. It's birch sap. You know, I mean, I, I found it. No, it, it'll be a phase. In fact, I even joke about it with my wife often. I'm in this phase right now. Because what I'm saying is, right now, this looks really cool, like it's going to do something for me, like it's going to be really, 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 really cool. And I go and do it. I go, I'm done with that. Yeah. You know, let's go on to something else. You guys ever get Christmas presents where, where you got them and you're all excited? And then about 20 minutes later, they were like, who knows where they were? Um, kind of thing. Yeah. I think about that with like the iPhone. Like when I first got the iPhone and when I first got the next one and the next one, like it was like the greatest thing, the greatest thing I could ever want. And then it's something you're giving away or something you're selling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I used to think that was so cool and everything I needed. Yeah. And then it was yeah. like garbage. But I don't find that depressing that you said that. I don't find that depressing. Yeah. I mean, when you say it, I go, yeah, isn't that weird how we do that? <laughs> yeah. Or how we used to talk with cell phones that were thick as a brick. I know. Yep. <laughs> they were called brick we phones for a cool. reason. Yeah. I think there's a, there's actually a verse in Ecclesiastes that sums up what Dave was saying, too, about there being a season, which is one of my favorites in Ecclesiastes, <laughs> is Ecclesiastes 3.3. 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And it also lists in there one of my favorites where it says there's a time to dance because I like to dance. Yeah, after you're dead and in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Hey, David dance. You know, I'll dance in yeah. heaven too. Yeah, but fine. there's a time for everything. There's a season. So I think that's a great point because when if we look at life kind of thinking about what's next, what's next, or we look back and go, well – uh, life didn't exactly turn out the way that I planned, that we can find value in every season. And even though Solomon writes about how everything is meaningless, he still says there's a season for everything. seems like life is circular a lot of times. Yep. You know, whether it's getting a phone, it doesn't matter, you know, how wealthy you are or how poor you are or how much stuff you have or how many friends you have. It just seems like yeah. we get caught in the trap of going in circles. Yep. And, and here's, here's an idea, though. I mean, we were talking about seasons. Life is very seasonal, only here's the really weird part about it. You've never been in the season you're entering, so you really don't know how to prepare for it. And you keep trying to figure it out. For example, before I was married, I was never married. So, you know, I don't know how to dress for this marriage thing because I never went through that season. Before you have your first child, well, I never knew how to do that. It's like life gives you all these new seasons, and, and as soon as you get used to the season you're in, you're in another one, and you haven't been there before. What we need to understand is that when we try and find purpose and meaning in those seasons, we're going to be in trouble because it's going to change. Everything changes and it's got its time. You know, I, I was a new parent once, but I was only a new parent once. And then I was an old parent at that point. And, and that's how life goes. And we need to understand it. The thing that doesn't change is God. So that's where we need to put our time and our emphasis and our relation, relational time in there, because that's not going to change yeah. where everything else does. That's incredibly true, and I think that's such incredible wisdom for, especially if you're a young adult like myself. I don't see myself necessarily as the youngest young adult out there, but the, the trap that you get into as a young adult is thinking, if I do X, I'll get Y. You know, If I do this, I get this, and my life is going to look like this. I, I plan for everything, and then all of a sudden, life happens, right? You know, you just you get caught in the, the circular part of it, and then a new season comes, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. 
And that's where you have to look at people that are older than you, wiser than you, smarter than you, that have some experience in life. Solomon has it. Dave's got it. There are so many people. Our live coaches have some wisdom. Go and chat with one of them right now at HopeNet360.com. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Glad you guys have joined us here tonight on the show. Jeff, DW, Tara Kay, and Kristen Jane Anderson back with us in studio. And you guys on the tweet back right now, use the hashtag HNRTV. Be a part of the conversation tonight. You know, as we've been talking about Ecclesiastes, if you haven't heard the first half of the show, make sure to catch the podcast later tonight. We've been talking about Ecclesiastes. And if you've ever read that book, you can wonder in your mind, why in the world would this book be in the Bible? Because you think, for most people, if you're going to write a, a book about religion or God or faith, it's it's got to be uplifting. And when you read the first part of the book, you're kind of thinking, well... I felt this in my life, and I don't know why in the world they would put this book in the Bible. Like, why would this be in here? Why would someone write this stuff? Meaningless, meaningless, all is meaningless. You know, why would this be in the Bible? That's not encouraging. That's just the reality of how I feel, but that's not encouraging. Kristen, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, when I started rereading the book, I was kind of like, oh, this is this is heavy stuff. I'm not sure, you know, I didn't remember how it ended, so I kind of went and looked at one of my commentaries that I had um, on my computer, and I was just really trying to understand it better. And it, what it said was, what place does this book have in the Bible? Many have asked this question, and in light of its pessimism and humanistic sentiments, primarily acts as a contrast to the other books. It is a brilliant, artful argument for the way one would look at life if God did not play a direct intervening role in life, and if there were no life after death. Wow. And I, when I look back at it, you know, a lot of times when I'm reading it, it reminds me of my life without God, my life before I knew I had a future and eternity. And I think that's part of what makes it depressing for me because I can relate to it so much sometimes now and a lot in the past. So is it a good thing this book is in the Bible? I think it's good that it's in the Bible because it shows how human Solomon was and how human we all are, the struggle that we have to find meaning and purpose in this life. And it, it just it reminds us that we have a future that this isn't all there is that, you know, God has sent eternity to our hearts for a reason that our home is in heaven, that our hope is there. Well, do you think it's interesting that this person, Solomon, who's like the richest, wealthiest person who has everything at his disposal gets to the same point that we get in our life? I think it's interesting, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I, you know, I don't know if I would have always said that, but it makes a lot of sense to me because when I was in high school, I remember thinking, I mean, it was totally different. I wasn't king of anything or anything, but I felt like I had a boyfriend. I was popular. I had a car. I could drive. I had had sex, unfortunately. Like, I felt like all the things that, like, everybody wanted, I had had. And it was like, well, that isn't really special. Or, like, it wasn't as important or didn't make me as happy as I thought it would. And so that's part of why I got more depressed because I, you know, was like, so all these things people said I should do, I should have commercials and the whole world says are great isn't as you know perfect as i thought it would be at all and so i feel like that's kind of how he is except on a whole nother level he's the king of jerusalem and he's building houses and gardens and you know having slaves and more you know like and he's kind of like well this isn't everything i thought it was so what we know what's the point yeah you know what Kristen said is so important to understand because here she was somebody who thought you know i've got this 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 and she kept trying things really michael jordan 
a very wealthy guy, billionaire. You know, he's a guy that has to keep looking forward and saying, okay, I've got this. People make my breakfast. I can fly to the West Coast for golf and, and back to the East Coast for dinner. And, and I still make more money in that day than I would lose. You know what? He still is looking for something new and something to challenge him and something exciting, something that says you've arrived. And it's not, that's what this whole book is about. Solomon was, was greater in his day than Michael Jordan will ever be in, in our day. And, and he says, look, it's not going to happen. You can't arrive uh, by the things of this world. You were made a different way. You were made with eternity in mind. You were made to be in relationship with God and, and trying to find satisfaction apart from that. It brings you back to the old, is it Rolling Stones? You, you, you can't get no satisfaction. You, you can't. I mean, there's, there's no way to find it in this world. And, and some of those actually old secular songs are very honest about it. It's like, man, you can't find it, so you know, try it in drugs, try it in sex, try it in money, try it in jobs, try it in a Dunkin' Donut Man routine. You know, whatever it is, you're not going to find it. And that's what this book says. And that's why I think it's in the Bible. It's, it's, it's an honest look. I, I love how God in the, throughout the Bible has put real people in real situations and does not avoid hard issues. He doesn't avoid hard issues about anything. And here it is, a guy that could have had it, that did have it all, that even had the wisdom to use it, but, but did not use it. And here's his conclusions. We can learn a tremendous amount by, by just going through this book. And I hope that our listeners, uh, we're going to stay on this book for a couple of weeks, and I hope our listeners will go read the book of Ecclesiastes with that in mind and see what this guy learned and what he's trying to tell us about what life is really about. And read it all the way to the end because... It so, makes so much more sense when you read it all the way through. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't know. What's interesting, too, is is here we are in America. We're almost in the same way that Solomon is, and we keep trying. Do you guys have the same issues that I do? I mean, I, I'm working now outside a lot in my house trying to get things ready, and I'm looking at all this stuff that I've accumulated, and I'm thinking, these things own me. I don't own them anymore. And the things that I once thought if I had this, I remember I thought if I could get a snowblower that goes on the front of my lawn tractor, man, would I be happy. I mean, I would be a fulfilled man if I could get that because the, the driveway is such a bear to get. You know what that thing is doing? It's sitting in the back of my yard rusting to death at this point because I found better ways to do it and different ways to do it. And I thought there was one point where I was looking at this saying, that's what I need. And I was focused on it. And I was, and now I'm trying to figure out, I wonder how I can get rid of that. You know, it just sits there. I, the, the difference in feeling is amazing from one point thinking, oh man, this is going to solve all of my winter blues problems, all of them. And now this year I didn't even use it, you know, and I think that happens in so many areas of our lives. And that's all Solomon is saying is you want to put the emphasis on something like your snowblower, go ahead. Or the Dunkin' Donuts thing, go ahead. Here's the problem. Meaningless, meaningless. That's what you're going to conclude. And since I've already done that, why don't you learn the easy way instead of the hard way? Like, I've already done it. Why do you want to do it too? Believe me, you beat your head on a rock, you're going to get a headache like I did. I'm not kidding, but you can find that out on your own if you'd like. Yeah, don't waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> I did that same thing, but maybe not with a snowblower. But I, you know, worked in retail for many years. And we were talking about seasons in retail. The seasons are always, you're always like a season ahead. So when you get the winter, when it's winter, you get the spring clothes. And, mm -hmm. and when you're used to things moving in and out so much, it's easy to go, well, 
oh, we just got this in. I really got to have this. Oh, just kind of like we were talking about the phone. So whatever it is, you know, there's always new technology or new fashion. And and then I look and go, oh, I have so much stuff. And now I got to spend all this time sorting it, cleaning it out, selling it, setting yeah. up a garage sale. And it takes so much time and effort just to get rid of it all when I thought, oh, well, this is the new thing. I, just like Day was saying, you know, I, well, I'll be in fashion and I'll be in style when I have this. And look, I got the latest styles. And then you're kind of left with, Oh, right. Now I have to deal with all this stuff. <laughs> I remember when I went, um, when I've gone on missions trips, especially, I think it brings things back to, into perspective because, or even just a trip in general, because you only take two suitcases with you or sometimes mm-hmm. one. Yep. And you, I, I like it so much better because I don't have to, it doesn't take me a long time to decide what I want to wear or the stuff. It's just whatever I have is right there. Yeah. And I think when you have less things too when you get take some of the things out of your life and you you value then the things that you have more mm-hmm. like yeah. i was just thinking about our american culture and if ecclesiastes had a tv show it would be if you would equate it to a tv show it'd be like the show hoarding buried alive i mean we have a show called hoarding buried alive about people who have just a lot of them have a disorder but um, I mean, we even even if we don't have a disorder, we still have the, a lot of people, you know, put things in a storage unit and maybe it's just yeah, temporary nope. while they're moving or something. But it's easy to, well, I just have it. So I'll just put more stuff in there. I mean, we pay to store our stuff. Well, we, yeah. we tend to keep things that have some kind of meaning in our life. And some mm-hmm. of us do that more than others. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll keep a piece of paper because it's got one important fact on it. And here I've got like a stack of papers that are like a mile deep. Yeah, that's true. And then I was reading <laughs> when I was reading through that third chapter of Ecclesiastes and it was talking about seasons. I mean, I had to reread it again because I was still like, I had no idea this was in here. And it talked about there was a time to keep things and a time to give them away. And yeah. I thought, Wow, what's Genius. this for today? I never <laughs> yeah, you know what? You being a fashion person too. I mean, the, the head of, of Facebook, he has one shirt he wears. One. I remember that. That's all he wears. He has a gray T-shirt. Same one. He's got several of them. And he said it's because then he doesn't have to think in the morning. He knows what he's wearing. He just grabs it yep. and puts it on. Every single day he wears the same shirt. <laughs> Does he wash it every day? I, I didn't ask. Or he has just a he multiple has, has a gray shirts. Yeah, he has, I think he's got a bunch of them. But, Closet full. Yeah. But he doesn't have to think about it. He just wears them. He's like Mario. That's true. Like, it's like Mario. Mario. <laughs> Put on my red spenders every day. <laughs> just thinking about seasons, uh, even in retail, they're anticipating another season. In our lives, in our own young lives, sometimes we're so discontent in the season that we're in that we lose sight that there's another season that's coming, mm-hmm. that it's not always going to be this way. And while we're focused on being miserable and wishing things were different in our lives, we're not really taking time to enjoy the season. I think that's what Solomon's trying to get to here is to realize that, you know, where your, where your situation is now, what things are going on today, they aren't permanent. They're temporary. And yet so many of us will get caught in the lie thinking, well, I need to make a more permanent decision for a temporary situation. Financially, that's not a good thing to do. You know, when you see a stock that's like super low and you're like, you're thinking, oh, I should buy now and invest all this and, and move all my eggs in this basket and everything else. Don't make an extreme decision based on a temporary situation. That's a really good rule of thumb to live in. And we're going to talk more about this here on the show. Remember, you can connect with us anytime on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Lots of good conversation going on 
really, this this question that Solomon raises in the book of Ecclesiastes is interesting. Not just you know that life is meaningless, all is meaningless, but you know what does what does man get by all their hard work, all the toil under the sun, like? What's the point of it all? And, you know, we're talking about seasons and living in seasons. And tonight, as you're listening to the show, maybe this is a difficult time for you. Maybe you've been going through some difficult moments in life where you're frustrated, you're anxious, you're, you're feeling like, man, there was some, I was, I was living in the good old days and now these are not the good old days. And yet we're living in a life of misery and discontentment, frustration a lot of times. And it's, it's easy to fall in those traps. And, you know, Dave, I'm kind of wondering your thoughts on, on how to get out of this funk. Sometimes we get caught in this funk and it just seems like it's almost impossible to get out of. You know, well, I want you to clarify something. In the last segment, you said, you know, it's important that you enjoy this season you're in. I'm wondering, how do you enjoy the season you're in if it's a crummy season? I mean, there are seasons of life that are tough. Uh, Jesus, uh, going to the cross, th- that wasn't a physically comforting type of season that you, you want to go through, but he went through it willingly and later talked about the joy of the cross. So, Boy, that's interesting. Yeah. How do you enjoy the seasons of life you're in? I mean, Kristen, you've gone through some very difficult moments. I mean, how do you go through difficult moments and enjoy them? I think enjoy is probably the wrong word. I don't think that Jesus ever enjoyed the pain of the crucifixion. I don't, I don't think that's what I, I want, I want to mean. Yet he called it the joy of the cross. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Kristen, how you go through seasons? Um, well, with different surgeries and stuff that I've had that I'm, I'm usually like the most recent surgery I had was really quite major. And I really just looked at it like kind of practically, but I I thought a lot about how like I just, you know, kind of needed to make the best of it and enjoy what I could. And that's been a really critical part of my story, just enjoying whatever I can with my life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, during that time, I I tried to enjoy, this sounds kind of crazy, but like having a little break from chasing a two-year-old around, like (laughs) because I was in a hospital bed all the time. Um, I tried to enjoy being able to read more. I tried to enjoy talking to my friends more because I had more time to myself. I tried to enjoy being able to I don't yeah. know. Like I, I didn't have to cook for other people. You know, like I just had to eat hospital food. You know, like I don't know. I could have looked at all those things differently. I could have thought I don't get to be with, with my two-year-old. I don't get to take care of him. I don't right. get to be at home and make whatever meal I get. I, I don't get to be pain-free. I have to take these meds. You know, like I, I could have looked at it all differently, but I, I really tried to just look at you know, what I had to be grateful for. There's so much perspective involved in life. I mean, as you were talking, I, I kept thinking – in all of the very rough times in my life, the one constant that is always there is that God has already been before me. He loves me. He's older than I am. He's smarter than I am. He loves me. I can trust him. And and when I begin to trust him that this has a purpose, um, I can begin to look for the purpose in the pain. Right. When Jesus went through the cross, there was purpose in that pain. And the, and the purpose was that I one day would be able to be his brother, God's son, because of the pain he was willing to go through. Knowing God's character, he does not allow us to just have pain for the fun of it. That, that isn't what he does. And, and he can eliminate it. Our listeners know I've talked about I'm, I have narcolepsy. I have several other little weird things that happen to me. And I've had several that have come to me through the years and said, you know, we should pray more for you because you shouldn't have that. And, then, and I thought, you know, though. Here's what I'm absolutely convinced of, mm-hmm. that my heavenly father could cure this right now. He could cure it by the word of his mouth. He could say, no more, you're cured, no problems. But he doesn't. And here's what I know about God. He absolutely loves me and made me and, and is giving me my significance and my security in life. And 
So there's a reason for this, even though I don't see it right now. So I'm going to look for ways to use it to actually invest in other people and in, 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 in making this life meaningful, that kind of thing. And I'm telling you, I think it's been one of the best things that has happened to me. Would I give it up? Yes, in a minute, I would give it up. However, it's been a very good thing for me. So I'm thinking, boy, I would really miss um, the struggle that I've had with it because the struggle has caused me to be the person I am. Hmm. It's not something that has taken away from who I am. And, and I think sometimes in bad situations, the struggle takes away from who we are in a sense. We, we begin to go, well, if I was Michael Jordan and I had health and I had money and I had food and I had uh, you know, servants serving me breakfast in bed, I'd be happier. No, it, you know, circumstances are not what we focus on. And they aren't going to make us significant or secure. It's only understanding that there is a God that I'm in his plan, that forever I am secure. And if our listeners are wondering about how to get there, you need to contact HopeNet360.com and talk to one of the live coaches that, that would love to talk to you about that because there is a great purpose in life. There is a great purpose in death. And when you know God, you can rest in the fact that he loves you and that he's in charge. And, and that's the only way to go, go through some of these painful moments in life. There's no way you can go through and lie about it. When I was a kid, I, I, I remember I, I couldn't figure out Christians actually as a kid, even though I claimed to be one, because they'd be in the middle of pain and they'd go, well, this is really good. And I'd be going, that stinks. <laughs> I mean, the pain stinks, I think. Yeah. And they'd look at me and go, well, you'll grow up and be spiritual one day. And I'm thinking, I don't think I'll ever think that the pain is spiritual. I mean, just the pain. That's not what's spiritual. What, what really is is having purpose in the pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what matters. But not to say, Jesus, he sweat drops of blood when he was talking about, God, is there any other way to do this? Why? Do you realize he actually knew what was coming and he was still going to do it? I mean, that, that's painful. But there's no way that he loved the pain. He loved the purpose. Right. And many of our listeners today are, in, are suffering because their lives are purposeless. Yeah. It's, it's, it's only in this life that they have hope. And that's what this book is about. There is no hope in this life. There is only hope in God. And that's why we invite you to go to HopeNet360.com and talk to a coach. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I like to do in light of any situation is sometimes try to find the humorous side of it, um, especially on Facebook. Facebook can be, in any any social media outlet, can be either a, a place where you just spew thoughts and, and just dirt and, and muck and I hate life, can't stand life, whatever – and I try to find ways to just leverage it and say, you know what, life might be miserable, but it's funny. You know, comedy can be mm -hmm. one of the best things, that one of the most therapeutic ways to deal with tense situations in mm -hmm. life. And I try to do that as a parent. Potty training is not fun. Tara, just just wait. <coughs> and, and Kristen, just wait. No, uh, I'm there. <laughs> it's not fun. And yet it's like, man, you know, there are times where, you know, I look at my son and I'm like, dude, can you not just do that? in the appropriate place like why do we have to go through this i keep telling you this and i expect one thing and and the reality is it's not lining up with my expectation and so i'll find ways to be light and not embarrass my son i'm not going to go on facebook and say yeah my no i don't do that stuff but uh the reality is you try to find ways to make some some light of it and i point at myself too there are times where i get frustrated about things that looking back on it i'm like i can't believe i was frustrated over that like, why did I get so worked up about that? I, I didn't have any power to change it. And that's a lot of our own lives. We don't have the power to change our circumstances the way they are. They just are. Yeah. And if we don't find a way to, to handle them properly, we'll end up making some permanent decisions that 
will impact the life of somebody else or my own life or whatever that you know might cause more misery down the road. If you learn that at a young age, you'll find a way to make yourself successful rather than really frustrated and, and discouraged and discontent and, and who knows what else later on in life. Yeah, I encourage you to learn a phrase, and the phrase is, that ain't good. Um, <laughs> that ain't good. Whenever, whenever my wife hears me say that, she goes, what happened? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing something and I make this mistake and I'm going, oh, that ain't good. You know, it, it's like, notice I didn't say I'm a bum. I am worthless. I am. Yeah. I didn't do yeah. any of that. I just said that ain't mm-hmm. good. You know, what I just did didn't work. And, and I just messed up like a bunch of other things. I, I bought a, a, a leaf blower once on Craigslist and I'm telling you, that ain't good. I mean, that wasn't good. I, I, I had to go buy a real one um, later. But, you know, my wife let me do it, et cetera. And when she hears me go, that ain't good, she knows, all right, you just did your repentance thing. You just realized, that, you know, I tried something. It didn't work. But instead of beating myself up, I'm going, okay, I learned, I learned something from that. Yeah. And uh, we'll go on now. Rather than allowing the circumstance to totally throw you off your course because it's just a circumstance and mm-hmm. there are seasons. You're going to learn something. Uh, certain days are going to be better than others on this earth. But this earth is still this earth and, and Satan's the prince of this earth. And so if we're too comfortable here, that's not good. And this whole book allows us to understand that. It's helpful to understand that everything we go through, like there's a reason behind all of it. And even me going through the most recent surgery, I I, I thought a lot about how, you know, God let this happen for a reason. I'm sure he's going to use it to either strengthen my faith or to, you know, show other people something that they need to learn. And I think it's so helpful when we have, when we can zoom out and have that perspective because we can go through the hard times so much easier. We're going to zoom out when we come back here on the show, so keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. This week, we remember Jim, better known as Kid Raider. For over 20 years, Kid invested everything into building Q90FM and inspiring many young adults like myself through radio. He co-hosted Q90FM's morning show, The Q Breakfast Club, longer than many other morning shows out there. Kid went to be with the Lord on April 8, 2015. While he had a hand in starting many shows like HopeNet Radio behind the scenes, he is truly one of a kind and a pioneer in Christian radio. I miss him. As a man of God, a friend, co-worker, and all-around funny guy. Through all the tears and grief, God is in control and his legacy lives on. Amy and John, I love you guys. Every one of us has you in our thoughts and prayers, and we look forward to the day when we can see him face-to-face again. We'll be right back. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Terakay, and Kristen Jane Anderson with us on the show. Connect with us right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. We're wrapping things up. Thanks, Tara. It's I know, good I had to fill in for Jason. Twitter burns. Yeah, Jason's not with us. He'll be back again soon. So uh, connect with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. We've been talking about, I think, a very interesting interesting conversation about life. Anytime we talk about life, it seems like you know, we can get on so many different tangents. What is What, what are our expectations for life? Um, why did Solomon write such a book like Ecclesiastes and, and give it to us and that actually be in the Bible? I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a very fascinating book. A lot of us feel the same way Solomon did. You know, I, I worked for so long and, and Solomon asked, you know, that same question, what is it all worth? You know, for a man who works day in, day out, what does he get? What is his gain for working? You know, because eventually we're, we're born and then we die. 
and we have this dash in the middle we get to figure out what to do with. And so many of us, we, we have one expectation that I do this, you know, whether it's I'm going to college and then I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to you know, build my 401k and then I'll retire at 45. I don't know if that's the case today, but you know, I'll retire and, and be set and then I can go and travel the world and do whatever. Everybody has these different ideas of what life can be like and what it should be like. But many of us find that we're discontented or frustrated in life because our expectations don't line up with our reality. Tonight, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to go and chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. Guys, as we're wrapping up the show tonight, I just want to hear some of your final thoughts of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. Of course, we're going to talk about this more next week on the show. But just some of your final thoughts. What do you, what do you make of Solomon's words here in, in Ecclesiastes? One of the things I was thinking is that it's extremely validating to know that Solomon, this great guy in the Bible, felt a lot of the same ways that we do about life. He was so discouraged. He was so let down. He was disappointed. But he knew at the same time, on the flip side, that there was so much hope in heaven, that it was going to get better, that that um, everything he chased after didn't pan out the way he expected it to, but it wasn't all pointless. He was still going to have a great point to his life. That's a good thought. I agree with that because you don't really ever hear like church sermons spoke on Ecclesiastes really that much. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think that's that's so um, important because a lot of times people view Christianity as being, well, you're a goody two shoes or, you know, you only talk about like being good and how, you know, you'll have riches and gold and eternity and, and well, and then making laws that are controversial and, and all this and, and thinking that, you know, we can control people mm-hmm. based on religion. That- I'm glad that we um, talked about this book today because it was a refresher for me, too, to go back and look at it and just a reminder about how I'm glad that it's in the Bible and how God gives us those examples because it's definitely something over the last couple of years in my life, too. I've uh, had a lot of things not work out the way that I thought they would and... I think it's so important to have that in the Bible. For Solomon, it didn't work out the way that he thought it was going to. It's kind of like his journal, because sometimes, you know, in your journal, you write down like, oh, this is meaningless. I do. I would do this a lot. Like sometimes I would kind of rant to God in my journal, like this is going wrong and this is going wrong and it's all pointless and I don't get it. But in the end, when I was done, I just kind of felt like somehow I have to keep having hope and God, I know that you're there and I know people would always tell me, you know, tomorrow's a new day or, or that it is a season and things change. And so it would always, in the end, a resolve that there was hope and that it, whatever I was experiencing, and I kind of got my ranting out and realized in the end, God was still there and that he still um, had a plan. Yeah, I find it to be such a blessing to go through like times that are really, really difficult and really hard, because at the end of it, you can just kind of you know, realize that God is so much bigger than all the stuff that we face, all the stuff that we feel. And like, for me, it was helpful for, to like, I don't know, finally get married and have a baby and all that kind of stuff because I realized like, oh, okay, so that wasn't everything I thought it would be either. It's great and amazing, but it's not like where it's at. Mm -hmm. It's still with God. That's where everything is at. That's where everything I need, everything I want, everything I can hope for. Oh, yeah. Because once they get to two-year-old in potty training, you're like, why did I do this? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I do this? It's hard, but it's it's good. You you know, one of the thoughts I had was, uh, it goes back to my old football days, but you actually play the game for a reason. Sometimes you'd go and people say you're the underdog and it's like, yeah, but we can still win the game. I mean, we may be the underdog, but that's why we play the game to see who's going to win it. And and you can't determine that until the end when the scoreboard flashes the final score. And not only that, we learn to play with those who are on the field. I mean, it's easy to say our, our, our star quarterback, this guy, this guy is hurt. No, so what? 
the bottom line is you got to play the game and you're going to play with the people who are on the field. You're not going to play with people who aren't on the field. That's like the circumstances of life. I mean, I could go through this and say, yeah, well, if I didn't have narcolepsy, if I didn't have, you know, heart issues, if I didn't have this, if I didn't have that, you know, life would be so much easier. That's fine. But you do have those things. And so you play with them and you, you learn how to play with them in a way that actually would be the best that you can use them. And, and the scoreboard at the end will reflect whether you won or not. Uh, the Bible talks about in other places, a rich fool. And the rich fool was a guy who, who basically spent his time saying, yeah, it's all about me. And then he got so much about him that, he could store it all up and one day say, well, yeah, I can just and not do anything but take care of me the rest of my life. And God says, you're a fool. I mean, it, it wasn't about this life. And I think we need to understand that. Um, we need to understand that, you know, the Dunkin' Donut man is, is like how most people live. It's, you know, I got to make the donuts, made the donuts, got to make the donuts, made the donuts. And no wonder they hate life. I mean, that's not what it's about. So I, I just think I, I want to encourage our listeners once again, go into the book of Ecclesiastes, read it, uh, get to the end of it and see his conclusions. And, uh, and we'll go, uh, hopefully keep talking about this and, and encourage you. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, I think, is encouraging. It just talks about some of the crummy stuff of life that we've done, and we need to call it crummy when we see it. So true. Ecclesiastes, you can look at it and say, well, this is, man, why did they even put that in here? Some of the words that Solomon writes in there. Looking at chapter 5, if you're in Ecclesiastes, looking at chapter 5, there's some really interesting pointers in there and some real bold truths. I'm talking about how you enter the house of God into worship center to keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God, uh, not to make rash promises and not to be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God's in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. God sees the bigger picture, and that's so important to, to capture, especially if you're a young person today. We can be so discontented. We can be so eager to change our season that we can lose the importance of growing and understanding what characteristics I need to implement in my life and learn and grow through. See, we would never grow if things were never hard, if we didn't have stress. You know, you think of weightlifting and, and bodybuilding. Nobody gets big muscles unless you take some kind of enhancements that, you know, nobody gets those things unless you actually work your muscles. The same is true in our own lives. If you don't work your spiritual muscles, if you don't grow in understanding who God is and, and understand who he is through his word and have a relationship with him, your life isn't going to really be different in the next five years, ten years. A lot of times we stay the same because we are, we're not only discontent with the season we're in, but we refuse to grow in the season that we're in. And that's a challenge for every single one of us. It's a challenge to me. I'm preaching to myself. i got to learn how to grow in the season that I'm in and not just wait until the next season. Because before you know it, winter's coming, and that's when, again, you know, if you're, if you're a plant, usually you wither and you kind of pull back. You don't, you don't produce fruit in the wintertime. And yet when we change seasons, we have to understand what the purpose is and, and be content in all seasons. That's a hard thing to do. So we're going to really wrap up more of, of Ecclesiastes and talk more about this. It's a huge book, a lot of words, a lot of things, a lot of really good thoughts that Solomon shares. And uh, connect with us on the Tweetback. Share some of your thoughts as you're reading this week. Uh, on the Tweetback, use the hashtag HNRTB. Uh, I just want to give, again, a shout-out uh, Damascus Road Project with Tara Kay and, and Lisa. Some fantastic things. You can go to the Damascus Road Project dot org and check things out there. We'll link these up in the show notes as well as Kristen Jane Anderson's organization, Reaching You Ministries. She goes in and travels around to so many different places, schools, uh, churches, 
organization, so many people who come in and just have her speak and share her story. She has a phenomenal story. And if you haven't heard it, we'll link up the very first episode that we did of HopeNet Radio in the show notes at HopeNet360.com because her story is incredible and not only miraculous, but to see the ways that God has brought you through some incredible challenges in your life. It's so inspiring. So thank you. Thank you, Tara and, and Kristen, for coming on and being part of the show tonight. Connect with us anytime. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com if you want to connect with us. Also, Dave, I know you've got a, a men's retreat coming up in a few weeks. We do. May 1 to 3. Go to silverbirchranch.org and sign up. I'm, I'm speaking on something I'm really excited about. I'm just calling it Fuel. And uh, I'd love for as many men to come and join me that weekend. And uh, get excited about uh, really working our, our relationship with God and other people. All right. Check out the show notes at HopeNet360.com for all of us here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Hope you find hope and a life that is joyful and inspiring, not only by the conversation here, but by having conversations with God. Chat with us right now at HopeNet360.com. We'll see you guys online and next week. Hi. Bye. Bye.